0: Hello, my name is Paul Ryan and I am founder of gpconsult.co.uk. I work as both a pharmacist and as a GP and I am passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics. I enjoy making international guidelines relevant to those of us in primary care. So in today's podcast, I'm going to discuss warfarin, the history of warfarin, and the use of warfarin in in certain patients with atrial fibrillation. I will also discuss switching from a warfarin to a NOAC. And finally, I'm going to talk about anticoagulation in older people. So first and foremost, warfarin. So warfarin is around since 1954, whereas the NOACs are around since 2010. So there's a big evidence base around warfarin. The interesting thing is that WRF is from the Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation, uh, and it's just it's just it's it, that's where the name comes from. The advantages is that a missed dose of warfarin is not as critical as a missed dose of Noax. and this is what I explained earlier because the NOACs have a shorter half life. Warfarin rarely needs to be dose reduced. Where's that? The and which is another, which is another advantage. Now the disadvantages are that warfarin has a slow onset and a slow offset of action, and it has a narrow therapeutic index. So and you know it has interacts with other drugs as well as food. So drugs, I always have a saying that interacts. Warfarin interacts with everything except water. So if a patient's been started on warfarin, I always look to see the interactions, the other medicines they're on and check for interactions. And also food. So if um, a person, we say, has a, a, eats Brussels sprouts or cabbage, that can, that can affect warfarin. So warfarin um, is the only choice. It must be remembered; it's the only choice for valvular atrial fibrillation, and it may be the safest uh, anticoagulant if the patient weighs 120 kilos or has a BMI of 40 or above. Now, for the next part of this podcast, I'm going to discuss if a patient is switching from warfarin to a NOAC. So, for rivaroxaban, apixaban, and a doxaban, if you're starting. Um, patients on these agents and they're currently on warfarin warfarin should be stopped and then start start the NOAC when the INR is less than 2.5 regarding dabigatron, warfarin should be stopped and then start dabigatron when the INR is less than 2 so the last part of my podcast I'm going to talk about anticoagulation in older people so, nice state that for most older patients, the benefit of anticoagulation outweighs the risk. So do not withhold warfarin solely because the person is at risk of having a fall. And this was done. This was a study published in the um, Internal Medicine in, back in 1999. Okay, so nearly 21 years ago. What it showed was that those with a CHADS-VASC score of 2 to 3 have an average annual uh, stroke risk of about 5% and these need to fall 295 times for the risk of falls to outweigh the benefits of warfarin so it just i that that's a it's an old reference now but it's it's so true there's very few times that uh you should not anticoagulate in patients with uh atrial fibrillation and also if you can if you want to use a q bleed score and this is where the stroke and the bleeding risk on and off anticoagulation can be used um, to help you decide uh, and this adjusts for age. So that brings me to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found it beneficial and I'm looking forward to delivering my next podcast.